Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert, and I am on via Zoom with the great and famous Dr. Millicent Ravello. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm, uh, I'm excited that we're able to get a few podcasts in, and uh, I am pretty excited about this next one because it's been coming up recently uh, in my practice since there are all these new fillers that are trying to take the place of facial implants. And yes. I mean, tell have me you a seen bit these? more about that. Um, well, why don't you tell me a little bit about what you're thinking? Because I, I think I know what you're talking about, but I want to make sure we're on the same page. What I'm talking about is that there are now indications for Voluma, uh, which is a uh, filler made by Allergan. It's a hyaluronic acid where they've actually gotten indications for chin augmentation. And I guess, you know, using it off label for jaw augmentation and and cheek implant augmentation kind of is not uh, too far fetched. So they're really trying to uh, obviate the need for facial implants. And I do a lot of facial implants in my practice. So this is sort of an ongoing theme of fillers versus surgery. Um, because the non-invasive world is constantly trying to come up with ways to imitate or mimic a surgical solution. And sometimes with success, sometimes with not so much success. And historically, Voluma, which is one of the heavier hyaluronic acid fillers, um, has been used in places that require a deeper, heavier filler. So any place where you can put filler along the bone directly is a great place for Voluma. So we've been classically using it in the cheeks for several, many years now to augment the cheeks. And that can be for cosmetic purposes if you want more defined cheekbones. It can also be to help with the aging effect as the face sort of falls off the cheekbones. One way to imitate or mimic a facelift is to put fillers along the cheekbones to sort of lift things back up. That being said, you need a lot of filler to do that successfully in the aging patient. But now the other indications, as you referenced, are for the chin and for the jaw. So we've been doing that for a little while anyways with Voluma um, to varying degrees of success. But I think jawline fillers are really having a moment right now because I do get a lot of requests for those. So the idea is that for the chins, you're either making the chin come forward a little bit more in space. If you have a weak receding chin, you can also make it a little bit longer that's a little bit harder to do. And then for the jawline, you're really defining the jaw. And we can see that more commonly in, actually not more commonly, but we see it more often in men than we do any other fillers. But women also are asking for the jawline definition as well. They definitely are. I, uh, I, they are definitely wanting definition. Yeah. The, uh, in fact, I had a patient, I did a, I did a revision rhinoplasty uh, with a rib graft and then did her facelift. And then after she said, don't you think you'd look great if I had some jaw implants? And I said, I don't know. Let's put some filler. So put some filler in, checked it out, said, you know what? Looks pretty great. Went back, put in jaw implants because she didn't want to have filler all the time. But she also felt that the filler was not the crisp, clean look that she was looking for. So artistically, she was not really thrilled with the filler because I, and I agreed with her, I think the filler is great and it's a good way to kind of test things or to see things. But I think if you like it enough, it's pretty straightforward to get these facial implants placed. 
Yeah, I'm always very suspicious when I see these befores and afters on Instagram with the jawline fillers. I am super suspicious because I don't know. They a lot of them just look very altered to me. Because especially if you have an older patient that has some loose skin, you're not going to get this crisp, clean jawline with just fillers if there's saggy skin hanging over it. So I think look at the befores and afters with a little bit of grain of salt in terms of what they're actually accomplishing with fillers. The best person to have jawline enhancement with fillers alone is someone that's probably younger with good skin tone and a face that's not too heavy. So you can actually see the definition come through. But really, if you're looking for that definition and you have a heavy face, whether you're younger or older, a lot of times you need to do something with liposuction or if you're older, maybe even a facelift, just to define that jawline before you start enhancing it. Absolutely. I mean, you gotta you gotta look at the limitations of each operation or each uh, filler, and also the limitations of the tissues that you're asking them to work on. Uh, again, as you said, the younger patients are going to get better results. I did some jaw filler on like a 21 year old, and it looked. Spectacular. It was amazing. But then you try and do it on somebody who's in their, you know, 50s, who's been, you know, basting in the sun of Southern California for the last 40 years. And, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't do the same thing. The skin's leathery, it's damaged, it doesn't have the collagen to support it. And you're not going to get the, the result. And that's why facelifts in that age group are obviously a lot better. And especially facelifts combined with facial implants. I do a lot of chin implants and pre-jowl implants with my facelifts because it just enhances the results so nicely. It gives the it gives the patient some structure to put the facelift around. Right. Because that's part of the aging process. You're not just losing tone and gravity is not just the only thing working on your face. You actually lose bone volume. You have bony loss. And that is part of the aging process and kind of even unknowingly what the eye recognizes when they see a young versus an older patient is that bony loss in the whole facial skeleton. So it makes sense that you would want to, you know, enhance that or bring that back with the facelift. Well, not only do they lose skeletal volume of the the bone, but they lose the soft tissue thins tremendously, especially in the fourth and fifth decades and obviously beyond that. But we, there are studies where they've done CT scans, which are you know fancy circular X-rays of the of the head, and you can see that a patient who's 18 years old has the thickness of the uh, skin and the soft tissue off of the cheekbone is usually about two centimeters, which is you know basically almost an inch, know. you know. Yeah. So two and a half, you know, it's basically an inch thick of soft tissue and of the facial muscles and facial fat and and the skin. And by the time they're 60, it's like a centimeter or less. Right. <laughs> so you've right. gone from, you know, you basically lost half of the volume. So that that's why the, the skin, you know, you didn't lose the skin. You know, the skin didn't retract. So that's why people wind up with facelifts. But it's also why volume is an important part of facial rejuvenation. Because if you just stretch the skin, uh, you know, it's going to look like you've had a facelift. That's not the only thing that needs to be done. You have to add fat or add facial implants to replace the volume. And so that's where these fillers come in, in the, in the spectrum of how do you rejuvenate somebody or make them look great. And I, as I always say, you need to define the 
reason, the purpose for your, your actions. So if you're using fillers to define the jawline in the 27 year old, very different than using fillers to try to enhance the look of a, of a 60 year old who's lost a lot of volume and probably needs a facelift. Probably needs a facelift. And so the, I mean, but even with the, the young patients getting fillers, it is a commitment. I mean, the fillers are temporary. They're designed at best, no, they'll last 18 months, but I would say in general, you're looking at nine to 12 nine months, months <laughs> across the spectrum. Yeah. And that, and that gets expensive. I mean, you're putting jawline, chin fillers, cheek fillers. That's easily a couple of syringes. Each syringe is a thousand dollars. So every, you know, nine to 12 months, you're dropping a couple thousand dollars. Whereas if that's the look you want, you might have an actually cheaper result using the implants because they're going to be more or less permanent. Yeah. The, the implants aren't cheap either though. Implants you know. aren't cheap and it is a surgery, but you're not coming in every nine to 12 months to have it, you know, no, you're redone done when it's done. When you're done, it's done. And for the cheeks, the same thing. Um, you know, people always ask, well, can we use fat in the face or can I put inject fat and get the same look? You can. I mean, certainly do fat with facelifts. Um, but I, even with that, I'm a little conservative with the fat because I don't like fat balloon faces. And as we age, we get more fat and it goes to the same places. It goes to the face. If you put fat in the face, I've seen women come in with these super fat chipmunk cheeks and they were like, they weren't like this 10 years ago, but they had fat grafting to their cheeks. And as they got older and gained weight, it went to the face. And so I'm pretty conservative with the fat grafting in the face. And I think that's where implants might be a good option because they're not going to give you that fat chipmunk look that fillers or fat can give you. They just give you a nice sculpted, volumized look. And we have all seen the overfilled face. Oh gosh, it's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. I'm like, People have taken this advice. Good? No, like they, they hear, oh, when you age, you lose volume. Let's put it back in the face. And it's this extreme. It's just, it's not good. It's not good. There was a story by Dr. Seuss in the Sneetches on the Beaches book. It's a very short story called, uh, uh, she, she named them all Dave or something like that. And so, the, the story goes that there was this woman, she had like 27 kids and named them all Dave. And then Dr. Seuss then goes through the names that they could have used instead. And one of the names is Oliver Bolivar Balloon Face. Mm. And that's, I can only think of that story when I see these people. I'm just like, oh my God. And it's just, it, it just, you see them. And of course I think of that name. I don't say it out loud, even though I'm thinking it while I'm looking right at them or talking to them. I'm just like, oh my God, this is a total balloon face. <laughs> and it's just a, a sad attempt to try to fill up that skin bag. And yeah. it's just terrible. No, you need a little bit more than that. You need to address the aging face from all aspects that it's aging, bony loss, sagging skin, loss of volume, and keep it appropriate. You know, you're not 22 years old. You're not supposed to have a fat chubby face. It's just, it looks weird. And don't take your plastic surgical advice from Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to do? Well, I'm going for the Oliver Bolivar balloon face look. Could you just pump <laughs> some more stuff in my face, please? That, that I think is going to do it for me. As you definitely see it. By the way, worst culprits of that are probably people in the industry who just have access yes. and they, they become addicted to fillers. 
Yes. Don't you think? You need to do. I don't want to name names. Sure. No, I mean, I know we've talked about this before. We go to our meetings, our plastic surgery (laughs) meetings, our nationwide conferences on a yearly basis. And a lot of times the plastic surgeons will bring their office staff with them, you know, because they have other meetings and things that they can do while they're there. And yeah, a lot of the staff are starting to look a little Oliver Bolivar balloon face. Because <laughs> it's, yeah, they have the access. Like, oh. And then as you, you know, you pump it up. And then once you see it start to go down, you start freaking out that you're losing it. So you put some more in right away. And it's just this never ending cycle. You can't go that route. No. When no, you need you, the facelift, jump on the your table. Life, yeah. Someone <laughs> in your life needs to be telling you, stop, stop with the filler. Actually, one of my residents that I graduated plastic surgery residency with, we made a pact that we would tell each other if we had gone too far. <laughs> Got it. That's very important. Please step away from the filler. <laughs> put Just the put, needle down. put the needle put down, down and step away from the filler, ma'am. <laughs> but there are men that do it too. I think I think men go filler crazy also. Yeah. They look a little it's... weird. Yeah, you got to be a little bit more, even more precise with the male face because you don't want it looking too female and, and puffy. Yeah, and that's what you get. You get a very uh, yeah. uh, feminized look, which if you're going for that, which you know, great. Which is what you're going for, then fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think some of the guys that I know, I don't think they're going for that. But you know, you know, one of the things that turns out to be a thing in, um, in plastic surgery is men getting filler in their lips. And they they try it because they know that as we get older, our lips get too thin. Right. And so they're trying to put filler in. And I honestly would think that, and this is very weird to say this, but I think if men are going to try to rejuvenate the lips, I think that actually fat or dermis fat grafts are better in men. Yeah, I could see that. It's not as puffy. It's not as puffy. It doesn't have that, you know, fish lip look. And I, I don't know that fillers work so well for the thin lipped male as they do in, in women. And because I think it does just create too much of a, it, it's too much of a effeminate look. And I think yeah. if you were to run a dermis fat graft through the lip, now granted for the first two weeks, it's going to look like they got hit by a oh, two by four, but you know, but after that, it's going to, it should calm down and look pretty good. All right. I, I see some options. <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking at my thin lips going like, yes. <laughs> I know I'm going to do this guy. <laughs> All right. I'm looking at you. I'm r- looking right at you on zoom. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Listen, I'm sure there's a lot more than some <laughs> some lip issues that are going on here. I, I'm definitely hitting the age. I gotta I gotta figure out how this uh, how this goes for my uh, my facial rejuvenation plan. So we'll get to that. But no balloon face for you. No, I, I'm not. No. I'm not doing the fillers. Um, I, I do Botox. I like the Botox. Yeah, in me. I think that I mean, makes a big difference. Everybody should do Botox. Yeah. It should I mean, just be like in the water, like fluoride. Uh, totally. Like at age 25 mm-hmm. or so, you you should probably start thinking about it because it, it is preventative. Um, you know, probably, I don't know. I think people in sun, sunny areas of the country a lot sooner rather than later. And people that live in Pittsburgh where there's only 60 sunny days a year, you don't have to worry <laughs> about it ever. I mean, that was, that was something I I have to tell you this story though, because one of the things that really woke me up when I got here was doing facelifts in Pittsburgh during my residency was a completely different experience than doing facelifts in Southern California. Hmm. I went from lifting butter skin that had never seen the sun (laughs) to, you know, lifting, you know, weathered, tanned leather, cowhide leather faces I was just like, wait a second. I had to change my whole technique. It was completely different. As yeah. It's really true. And, and you just kind of have to think about that as a facelift surgeon. 
I always think, you know, when I'm talking to patients, like, where are they from? What have they, you know, how much sun exposure have they had? And, and, you know, is their skin quality good? Because, you know, a lot of the stuff that we have to deal with here is totally overbaked and irradiated. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's like, it's straight from the beach. <laughs> Not me. I'm going to be in my beekeeper That's right. outfit for the next <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> yeah, you're all set. You got the vamp approach. That's the way to do it. <laughs> Well, that's the way I've done it too. I've been in the operating room for the last 30 years. In the operating room, that helps. It does. You know, you're refrigerated, you're you're kept out of the sun. It's a good thing. That definitely preserves things for a while. Yes. Well, I think we've kind of uh, gone through it on these uh, filler facial implant questions. Again, it's always a battle between fillers and surgery. I think you have to know when to, to pick the right direction and, and know what your goals are. And that's how you'll get to the right answer. You said it well. That's what it is. Well, in that case, this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210, sort of. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is brought to you by Rock Spa. This is MediSpa, located both in Beverly Hills and Newport Beach, providing services such as Botox, fillers, lasers, and all therapy, as well as hydrofacials and all the aesthetic products you could possibly need. It's run by the medical director, me, Dr. Jay Calvert. Rock Spa Beverly Hills is located at 120 South Spalding Drive in Suite 340, Beverly Hills, 90212. The phone number there is 310-777-0496. And Rock Spa Newport Beach is located at 1617 West Cliff Drive, Newport Beach, California, 92660. The phone number there is 949-640-1111. You can go to their respective websites, rockspanewportbeach.com or rockspabeverlyhills.com. Rockspa was created to help my patients maintain their aesthetic beauty in between whatever operations they have throughout their lives. It's something that allows patients to come in, get their facials, skin treatments, take care of all the Botox fillers and lasers that they need to keep up their beauty, and if they've invested in any of the aesthetic operations I perform, it's the way to maintain those operations. If you mention this podcast, you will get the member's pricing for your hydrofacial. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is the way that Dr. Ravello and I talk about the issues that are important to us in plastic surgery, but there's nothing better than getting to take care of our patients and do plastic surgery. Our practices are located in Beverly Hills, and I also have a satellite office in Newport Beach. You can learn about my practice at drcalvert.com, and you can reach my office by calling 310-777-8800, and that will get you an appointment either in Beverly Hills or at the Newport Beach office. My practice is located in Beverly Hills. Our office phone number is 310-954-1355. You can also contact us directly through the website, which is rovelloplasticsurgery.com. We look forward to seeing you in the office for some aesthetic tune-ups.